Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner, going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods, Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. Together, we make the Podcast of Champions, talking all things Pac-12 football. But we might have a little basketball, the round ball thingy. Uh, I've heard about that. We're going to talk a little about today, just because David and I were both in Las Vegas for the Pac-12 tournament. If we don't sound all that uh, enthused or have a ton of energy, it could be why I think we're still recovering, Dave. Yes, it is. Uh, what day is it? It's Tuesday. Today's Tuesday, yeah. Yeah, it's Tuesday morning. Um, I'm still exhausted. If anyone says you should go to Vegas the same weekend that the time changes, uh, they're a fool, an absolute imbecile, a boob, um, a nincompoop. <laughs> Um, I'm exhausted. Uh, it, it isn't helped, Ryan, by the fact that, um, days have lost meaning, uh, time has lost meaning, but I believe it was Friday night where you and I, mm-hmm. uh, we, we, I believe, and this is just, this is just my recollection. I yeah. believe that I went to bed finally at 10 a.m. And I believe that you were still awake at that point. I was, uh, yes, because I had to walk. I walked back from your hotel to my hotel. So I had probably an extra half hour in there. So, yeah, I think I, my, my head hit the pillow around 1030 in the morning. That would be on Saturday. Right. Uh, after breakfast, mimosas, you know, and <laughs> drinking and gambling all night. Yeah, that was, uh, we well, did that. The, the, the <laughs> like, I won't say, I won't say the staying up until 10 a.m. was a mistake. Right. I won't say that. But I think the breakfast mimosas at 9 a.m. after staying up all night was probably a mistake. To be fair, I think that was me pushing that. Yes, I I, I know that for a fact. <laughs> um, it was a truly incredible moment because we're sitting there in uh, America's best diner, I think, in the New York, New York. I'm eating chicken and waffles. Uh, Ryan is eating a country fried <laughs> country fried steak. Never eat we, that. I don't we know are um, we are like a truly like fiery level of drunk. Like not like <laughs> like truly like wow. <laughs> they, those two gentlemen have flown as close to the sun as humanly possible. Um, their wings have indeed burned off, but they're still somehow in the air. Um, and we're just. Like I have this vision, you know, this this vision of us, and it's it's me, um, kind of out of body experience watching this happen, where we're screaming at each other in the middle of this America's Best Diner about Elon Musk. Like we're just having like a, a very very strong argument, and all of these very sober people at 9 a.m. just looking at us. Like, yeah. what what's going on here? Did have a really good donut. I remember that. That was good. You ordered a donut on top of the uh, chicken fried steak or country fried steak or whatever. Mm. And I was watching you do it. And you're like, do you want some of this? And I'm like, no, (laughs) no. Like I was I was at the level of tired and drunk where, you know, that feeling where you get like just random soreness in your thighs, like in your quads, (laughs) where it's just like your body is actually rebelling and it's slowly starting to to decay right then. That's the feeling I was having. Yeah, I felt like I got beat up like the next day. Like, just felt like you were in a fight and just, 
everything hurts. Like it's probably what it feels like after a football game where you just feel like you were in a car wreck and why is that sore? What's going on here? Yeah, we, uh, you know, we talked a lot. It was good. We had a good time. There were some fun other members of the media we got to hang out with for a while. Dave hit a an awesome uh, royal flush on a. I think that's what kind of put us over the edge, right? Because then we there was like shots after that, and uh, yeah, yeah, that 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 kind of set us. But I want to I want to point something out to everyone. When I hit that royal flush, it was already five thirty a.m. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we. we <laughs> It was, it was already five 30 and I did that the, the night before, like I woke up, I drove, I'd left LA, but I woke up and like got to the gym at five in the morning, left by like seven and then showered and drove out with shotgun who was in LA and we were driving out together, um, and went right to our little, uh, POC meetup it was very little, uh, but you know, we could some cool people. We had our Stanford fan there, Matt. Yeah, uh, our Utah fan that lives in Vegas, Amy yep. came. She does. We found out she does a Star Trek podcast. or three of them. Um, we had Billy. We had you know a couple UCLA guys came. It was it was cool. You know, it was nice to. Uh, it was Alex, I think. Um, and, and truly on brand for the podcast, I think at least two of the people who stopped by had had either no idea there was a basketball tournament or um, weren't weren't at all into it or going. Yeah, Lindell, she's she was there for like another event and she just saw like that I was going there. She's like, Oh, I'll come by and say hi. So that was cool. Like my friend Billy was gonna go to the tournament, but he just wanted to go out to Vegas anyway. So there you know, it was a bunch of that. But it, you know, we maybe we don't do a meetup if we we don't talk about basketball. But you know, whatever. It was it was cool. It was cool to like just kind of hang out and uh unfortunately Tom uh from Jockey wasn't able to to be there. He had to to fly back to Chicago, so uh, but yeah, it was, it was cool to, to go there, but man, we, we hit that, we hit the ground running after like you had to go to the game or we both went to the, I think the UCLA game was first there on Thursday night and we probably stayed up to like three, three thirty that night. Right. I think it was, it was kind of late. I didn't, I went right to sleep right when I got home, 1130. Oh, well I did. Yeah. You, you and you and shotgun, uh, saw the world that night. Right. So I did that two nights in a row. Something about Vegas, like. Even though I'm an old man, like in Vegas, it doesn't matter. Like something, it's like, uh, what was that movie, um, Cocoon or what? No, not Cocoon. What was the one with like the old people in the pool or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's Cocoon. Cocoon. Um, yeah, I felt like just like you're just energized. Yeah, I I I felt the way Wilford Brimley looks in that movie. <laughs> um, and I, you know, Wilford Brimley is the same age as you when he was filming that movie. No way. He was 51 years old. Holy. <laughs> yeah, nuts. that's 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 age right there. Um, no, I, I think a good general rule of thumb is don't still be at the bar when the prostitutes come by having their like wind down for the evening. Like they've punched the clock. The clock is off and they're just there to like hang out. Don't still be there at that point because that's got to be 530 in the morning. We were. Yeah, we were at the MGM at that point where you hit the, the Royal. And yeah. There was definitely a lot of people that were ladies that were working that were coming around. I, I don't know if they were still working. I think they were just done. I think they were done for the year. They're done for their night. Yeah. They were so they're they're having a drink, you know? Um, yeah. It was uh It was something. It was something. It was something. It was uh, a supposedly fun thing that I will never do again. It was uh yeah. Pac twelve. Uh it was we were Pac twelve after dark for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then Pac twelve well, as the sun comes up and then Pac twelve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, the 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 four hours of like when you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I got to get up for an early morning thing. Like I got to be up for work, so I got to get at least six hours of sleep. Like right, everyone's done that calculation, right? But when you're sitting there at 10 a.m. and you're like, wait, what time is tip off for the right. championship game? And it's 6 p.m. and you're like, I I can't even get eight hours of sleep before a 6 p.m. game. <laughs> What have I done to myself? <laughs> Why have I done this? Yeah. There were some poor choices made, but it's fun. Uh, my first time going to the Pac-12 basketball tournament. Uh, I got to make a tradition now. Like that, that was, uh, it, that was, was it was a good time. It was a good time. Yeah. Um, the tournament itself was fun. Ryan went to three basketball games. Uh, I think I went to like, I might went to more. Whatever. You went to all three sessions uh, that you were yeah. there for and available for. You did leave at halftime of the championship game. I did. 
and I made you mad because I was back at my hotel at the bar with a, and they had a kilt lifter, the red beer. I like, uh, they had it on tap and I was watching on a screen, right? Big screen right in front of me. And I could see, I, I could see you in the little corner, uh, on the screen sometimes when the, you know, the camera would roll that way. Just, just looking miserable. Yeah. You were not happy. I was, I was much happier with my beer there. Yeah. Yeah. At least it wasn't a mango beer. Um, True. right. That was good. It was. Uh, well, real quick, before let everyone know if you want to get a hold of us, cause you know, we got the off season coming up. Spring practice is starting for some places. The draft pro day, all those things that Dave loves to talk about. Uh, pack podcast at gmail.com is the email address. Or you can call or text us at 424-532-0678. Yes, we do talk about Pac-12 football, even though we haven't done that yet. Twitter, at Pac-12 Podcast. The website, Pac-12Podcast.com. And you can go over to Reddit, slash r, slash Podcast of Champions to chat with other POC listeners. And if you have that Apple Podcasting app, please follow us there, the Podcast of Champions. Rate us with the five stars and write anything you want about us. Say that we're lame for what we did in Vegas. Whatever you want to do, just say you don't like the show. But as long as you leave us five stars, we will definitely read it on the air. And if you have the uh, Spotify, I like listening to Spotify, you can uh, leave us five-star ratings there as well. No reviews, but just leave us a five-star rating. We do appreciate that. I don't know if we have any new reviews. We, I know you begged the last time, I think, Dave. Um, wow, I haven't. Let, let, me, let me pull it right up. Pull it right oh, up out. Because, you know, uh, when I'm reading that, that's probably a good time for you to pull it up. But we're, Look, man, I am I am operating at like 40% today. Yeah. No, I I, I feel like the same. Um, All right. Here we are. Hmm? I've got three at least. Whoa. Three new ones? Yep. Okay. This is from WWGW. Five stars. Come for the facts. Stay for the snark. Or is it the other way around? Either way, this is a great podcast. Dave and Ryan seem to really like and enjoy one another, and that makes it a very enjoyable experience for the listener. They are raw and genuine, so their opinions are distinct and sometimes insightful, yet their affection for one another really shines through. Ha! I bet they wouldn't think the quality of their relationship was one of the best features of the show. The podcast is full of information and insight on all things Pac-12, with a heavy emphasis on UCLA and USC. Dave is a long-suffering Bruins fan, and Ryan is as pleasant as a Trojan ho- as is as pleasant a Trojan Homer as you will meet. Yes, the Homer and Troy was intentional. A UCLA history major here who also played a varsity uh, UCLA history major here who also played a varsity sport at USC. Maybe that is why I like the combo. Keep it up, boys. You're the best. P.S. This is my second time through on this message. I think I lost the last one. So apologies if one precedes this. It sounds very similar. It is a great show, nonetheless. <laughs> This is from Smiley Graham, five stars. Five-star podcast for a free drink. Uh, the podcast of champions is the place to be for all things Pac-12 football and more. Ryan and David are a great combination. One of them works very hard. If you like learning about Disney princesses, the history of the U.S. presidents, and Pac-12 football, this is the podcast for you. I like that they work with the 247 Network's cover guys so we can get an inside scoop of all the teams. The breaking news is good. The sound effects for all teams are funny and improvised when all else fails. P.S. Ryan, I'll have one of whatever you're having. Thank you in advance. I hope to see you guys in Vegas. Nice. Who was that from? That was from Smiley Graham. I don't think we saw Smiley Graham. Yeah. I don't uh, but yeah, what about, I did buy the drinks there. So That is true. Fun. That is true. Um, and then right. Dave bought the breakfast because, you know, he won. He is royal. So. Yeah. Don't think I didn't contribute here, people. Um, yeah. After he won, he contributed. But, you know, before that. Well, come on, I'm a I'm a I'm a father of two young children. Sure. I don't have any money. Certainly not I'm gonna spend on you. All right, uh this <laughs> is from Nisarg Shah. Five stars. Gold content. David may not be an operational after a beer, but he certainly does a great job after smoking a blunt, LOL. Love the content you guys put out there. Ryan, do share more about different accents. Father and farther still cracks me up. <laughs> All right, let me see. because uh, iTunes changed their stupid thing. Let me see if there's more on my phone. Yes, there is. All right. Yeah, we got another one. Bow down to Washington. Uh, A fun podcast. A fun podcast about frogs hating on BYU, talking too much about Oregon State and ASU, wondering what's wrong with Oregon, and asking why UCLA has all this talent but keeps losing to the same teams. There are no truck stops here. Wait, I'm being told this is actually the podcast of champions. Oh, well, too late to go back now. Nice. 
All right, and this is from uh, Galactus. Uh, I enjoyed this podcast even... I, I can't read the rest of it because iTunes changed its algorithm and it's stupid, but I enjoy this podcast even more than something. I used to listen to this podcast casually during the Helton era because it helped me escape from reality. However, now that Lincoln Riley is the head coach at USC, I listen weekly because I enjoy listening to David Woods' pain. Fight on. Hashtag extend chip. Hashtag rehire as an arrow. Mm. Uh, people do like your pain. I know. There's a, My there's pain a is, is something to drink in, like a fine wine. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for all the reviews. That's really uh, that's really awesome. It was. And uh, yeah, I think we're going to get some momentum going into the huge spring football. Yeah, your stuff. favorite time of the year. Period things. I still got the Pac-12 Network, so I'm going to watch <sighs> everything I could possibly can. Which is going to be great. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I've never been more excited for your breathless reports of, uh, you know, which guys are looking good in a scrimmage where they are like maybe going 40%. Yeah. Um, so Arizona started their spring football, mm. but obviously there's a lot of talk about them getting like a number one seed and stuff. So there's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's sort of being overshadowed maybe a little bit. I don't know if Arizona state started yet. Uh, they had their pro day. Um, but I didn't see them starting football yet, but we'll, we'll get you a report. I know Dave will be all over this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All over it. Uh, what's going on with everything, uh, in the spring football world. We also know, uh, the destination of Jaden Daniels. He's going to LSU. Is that okay? It seems like they got, they got guys already there. They got an incoming freshman coming in. It's not like you're walking into a clear starting spot but he can get there and compete and uh i don't know i uh, i don't what any thoughts on Jaden daniels going to lsu i think uh going from a situation where you were underperforming at the pac-12 level and taking a step up is certainly a choice it was a choice that was made yeah. um you know if i if i were him i would have uh either find it found a comp which means probably go within the pac-12 um or uh, drop down a level. I thought that might happen just because it did. This was sort of late in the process. And uh, we're seeing a few like sort of transfer things. Transfer portal things happening now. But, you know, spring football starting like most people on the semester systems, like they've already been in school. Um, I believe if I'm not mistaken. He will be able to participate in spring ball there because they're like on the court or something. Um, so that that's good. At least you can get an opportunity to do that. But I felt like, yeah, it might have to wait until afterwards. So it might just be that you will get a chance to get in there and compete. Uh, we did see how special he looked, you know, as a freshman. Obviously, the the results haven't been as good, you know, since then. And but you know, sometimes it's more of a you just need a fresh, you know, it just you know, you got to change the sheets, you know, it's just get everything fresh. Uh, it's like, you know, the, the maid comes in your hotel room and it's, you come back in the room. It's like, oh, it's a clean, it's a whole new environment. And I think he might need something like that. And you hope so. Cause I mean, he seems like a great kid. You hope that uh, he's able to go there and, and compete and heck, if he goes there and, and kicks butt, it looked pretty good for the pac 12. Like, oh yeah, he wasn't that great in the pac 12, but he's coming to LSU and, and kicking some ass. So I don't can know. I, we'll can see. I just, can I just say something? Sure. Um, cause I like to make bold predictions. Yeah. Uh, there is absolutely zero chance he starts a game. Wow. All right. Just saying. Okay. Uh, you just, you just, you're kind of a sour mood here with the. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm thriving. Nice. Uh, so I checked the doc because I went, I have 12 points for every team about spring football, what we're going to look for. I think we can go through that next. Are you ready for that or. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan is he he not only is forcing me to record this podcast at on Tuesday when I am I think still nursing a hangover from Friday <laughs> but he's doing it at 8 a.m. 8 a.m. I had to get up at 8 a.m. to do this thing. Yeah. Uh well we have busy schedules and you know we weren't going to be able to do it later in the week so no, here no, no, we are. No, no. You tell him you tell him why we have to do it earlier in the week. You tell him. Tell him you sicko. I'm going back. <laughs> <laughs> friends sort of a boys trip for the first you know couple rounds of the NCAA oh, yeah, tournament not a working trip not a working trip this one's not working until 10 a.m no no uh, uh, just a trip to just just to just to have some fun right you know uh, 
strips that are those are the a bit of a drag because you know you have to work before you stay up till 10 a.m. I will be golfing, uh, which is good, and I'm going to be watching tournament games a lot and betting on them, which that'll be fun. Uh, so send me any betting ideas you have. I can you know maybe I'll put some some bets in. Uh, David, I did actually the only bet I did I listened to David uh, taking Arizona to cover against Colorado, and they did by half a point, which was nice. But yeah, maybe it's a bad idea to go back. I, at least I don't have to work this time because we really didn't get start like two nights. We didn't, you know, I couldn't get started drinking until like one because we were, you know, USC had the late game both times. So like you couldn't even start until one in the morning. So this time, you know, it'll be more of a day, a day drinking. And, you know, my saying, David, is uh, you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. So, <laughs> we're gonna, so with the, you know, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> Friday, I'll be definitely be doing that. It'll be, uh, I'll get there Thursday, but Friday will be a all day. We have actually a, a deal at the Cosmo. Like it's, it's like a all you can eat, all you can drink thing. So I'm going to try to ruin that place. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, another terrible idea. I know it going in, but what I, here I am. That's great. I'm excited for you. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, okay. We, Talked about any of the football stuff. Uh, Arizona won the basketball tournament thing with the, the bouncy ball. And uh, it was actually cool. Like, it's my first time going to the Pac-12 tournament in Las Vegas. Like, I've been to Staples Center and stuff before. Um, but watching some of the games and, you know, just going to a little press conference afterwards, I thought they did a really nice job, you know, putting it all together. You could see George Klyovkov around there. The championship game saw Jed Fish. You know, he was there uh, courtside. I'm sure I, I didn't see Chip Kelly. I'm sure he was there for the UCLA Arizona game. I am, know, I am sure he was unaware there was a basketball. <laughs> but Ted was there holding holding court like no pun intended. Um, it was cool to, you know, I, just some of the momentum they're trying to build uh, with that. But, you know, Arizona looks really good. Um, that Terry dude was just like going crazy. UCLA, though, I liked I mean. I, I like the way UCLA is playing too. It's maybe they're a little underseeded at four. USC ends up getting the seventh seed. Uh, Arizona's got a one. I don't know. I think the Pac-12. You're not going to get the. I don't know if you get the same kind of run as last year, but I don't. I, I, I was impressed with what I saw in the tournament. The teams look. You know, Colorado. I thought would have been pretty good. Uh, you know, even Washington. But you know, USC, UCLA. We'll see. They're, USC's lost three of their last four. They're not like uh, they're kind of limping into the tournament a little bit, but. Arizona looks good and UCLA looks good. They both, you know, played in the finals. It could have went either way. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's right. Um, that's my yeah, basketball analysis. I think that's a fair assessment. Um, are, so, I mean, obviously you're going to Vegas on Thursday, but like, are you flying into Greenville on Friday? No. South Carolina? Hells didn't know. Shotgun's going. So Shotgun's on the East Coast. He's going to be covering right, the game you, I mean, live you guys, for us. You guys have got to have audience on deck for that thing, right? Mm, no, I'll be watching from the Cosmo. <laughs> yeah. I, I need some betting strategies, and I feel like you were good. Like, you were good at it. Um, you didn't get the championship game right, but I listened to you on the Arizona one. I, is it smart to just take like take all the eleven and twelve seeds and points because they win those games outright a lot? Of no, times. well, a few of them are going to be close. Like a few of them are going to be close spreads, so you don't actually. If you take them all, you're not you're you're going to break even or do a little bit worse than that. Um, you could odds out the. Um, uh, the money lines and take some winners. Um, but uh, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk before the, before it. Um, but okay. what, so think about all like the, the really dumb and stupid and, and fun thing to do is to um, pick all of the, uh, uh, do a money line parlay on uh, each individual region, like their first round games. Because it's you know eight games a piece, um, and how often have you been picking brackets and you get one of those right? Like you get the first eight games in a region right. You know it happens like probably once every couple of years for me. Yeah. Um, so just do four of those because that'll keep you kind of invested. And when it when one starts to break your way, it's going to keep you really invested because you're like what you throw in ten bucks, fifteen bucks, and you stand to win like four hundred. You're like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm watching the shit out of this. That's awesome. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. Um, one of the guys, so it's like a boys' trip, and there's golf and stuff. One of the guys is a pretty, and I, I, he's like a friend of a friend. I've met him a couple times because we've done these trips or other trips. He's a, I mean, degenerate gambler. So 
basically the way he has like this spreadsheet going and everyone, all the guys on the trip, I think there's like 12 of us or something. You get, you just say here is like 400 bucks or 300 bucks or hundred bucks, whatever you want to do. I want this much on games and this much on your parlays. He bets every single game, every single over under, uh, <laughs> and then does parlays on like all the different brackets and stuff. He bets everything. And so you basically, it's like you kind of pull your money together. And then so however much money he gets, that's how much he puts and distributes between all of the games. Um, I have no idea what his formula is and stuff. I, he does pretty well, but it's just sort of a thing like we're all kind of betting on the same thing. I don't know, but that it seems like a lot to bet on every single game and every single over-under. Then you are, I mean, you are truly invested in everything, though. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It does make, you know, watching like Akron take on whoever, UCLA, makes it interesting. Yeah. Um, how's the Pac-12 going to do? It's funny. I tweeted out, like, I didn't really tweet much from about basketball from the Pac-12, you know. Here's, here's my here's my learned analysis. Okay. Um, after really diving in for a bit the last couple of days is uh, Arizona should make a real run. Um, they have, uh, it's not like a super easy road, but um, they should make the Sweet 16 with virtually no problem. Um, they've already beaten Illinois, um, so beating them again to make it to the Elite Eight shouldn't be that much of a challenge. Um, at that point, it will become dicier. Um, Tennessee beat them earlier in the year. If they advance to the Elite Eight, it could make for that a, an interesting game. Villanova's always well-coached, but their region isn't that upsetting. Like I think Arizona can make the Final Four pretty, not easily, but as easily as any number one seed. Um for UCLA, um, it's a little, I mean, it's obviously a four seed, so it's a little bit more challenging. Um, St. Mary's is a pretty good team as the five. Um, so I think that second round matchup is going to be a little bit difficult. Baylor has lost, um, one of their best players. Um, so for a one seed, they're probably the weakest of the ones, not just in terms of the metrics, but in terms of the actual play on the field or on the court. Um, so they might not even advance out of their second round game. That could be either North Carolina or Marquette. Um, I like UCLA against either of those teams. Uh, they already beat Marquette earlier this year. Um, and I like them against a depleted Baylor, too. So I think it's a pretty good run for UCLA to get to the Elite Eight. Uh, Kentucky will be a real challenge, though. Uh, Kentucky's very good. Um, winning that one would be... Um, that would That's probably, for either team, that would be like the most challenging game in the, uh, the run-up to it. But... Um, UCLA also, um, they missed the opportunity to stay out West. So they'll get Portland in the first two rounds, which won't be as much of a home crowd as San Diego would have been. Um, and then they have, uh, then they have Philadelphia as their regional. So that'll be challenging. Uh, USC, uh, they could lose in round one, but they're definitely losing in round two. You, you like, so Auburn will beat them. Auburn's also not doing, you know, they're not exactly playing the top of their game either no but we'll see uh yeah i don't i don't see usc getting out of there but uh who knows speaking of crowds Mm -hmm. holy cow uh that was the the championship game i mean that was an arizona home crowd it was arizona like 90 percent. like i would say something like that yeah it was pretty close to that uh they came they came out for that they were excited um was that surprising at all or no, 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 no. Vegas has often been Tucson North for these tournaments. Okay. Well, it definitely was for that, but it was cool. I mean, Arizona, people... as a, you know, uh, just throwing the love around, Arizona has the most dedicated basketball fan base in, uh, in the conference. Like, and it's not, there's not a close second. Like, they, they traveled everything. Even when yeah. it was at Staples, they would be an easy 50% of the crowd. Interesting. Yeah. Um, no, they well, travel. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, see, you know, you got two Western number one seeds. I kind of like that. Um, see if we can have the West, uh, have it make some, some good runs again, like we saw last year. And I, I'm going to definitely pick your brain on some of the, the betting advice, uh, of what to do here. Um, yeah, okay. definitely. I'm a wealthy man, so it makes sense. Yeah. Nice. Well, I mean, I, I like your, your takes on these things. So, yeah. uh, all right, let's, uh, Unless you got anything else, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and answer some questions.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're back here on the podcast of Champions. We got a couple of voicemails. Uh, we got some emails which I normally look at and haven't really looked at yet. Um, where do you want to start, David? Do you want to do a voicemail first? Um, sure. All right. What the hell? Here's our buddy, Perk. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Perk. Um, yeah, I know that there's kind of the ongoing talks of college football expansion, and that's kind of how things need to be, I guess, viewed for the future. But I was wondering, looking now um, at the, some of the teams in the Pac-12 after Oklahoma and Texas have left, I was wondering, just with the, the current makeup of the college football playoff and it still being four teams for the foreseeable future, shouldn't Oklahoma State and TCU and those schools that were pissed that they left end up being happier? Because they're still considered a Power 5 conference, and I would say now, um, have a better chance of making the the playoffs. So, do, do you guys think they should still be upset about that, or is it, is it just kind of something I'm missing there? Um, thanks, guys. Uh, that they're still upset about Oklahoma and Texas leaving. I I guess, and so it's like, is now is there an easier path to the playoff? Um, well, I, think I, still, I, I I I don't know. They're not really awarded by conference, so I think the fact that they don't have a built-in game against Oklahoma every year makes them having to, you know, they would have to schedule a little bit better um, non-conference. When are Oklahoma and Texas actually leaving, though? That's not even... Hasn't been determined yet. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, could, it could be... I think they could still be there a couple of years. Yeah, um, I think it's going to line up, actually, with when they start to revisit expansion at this point. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think they're probably still a little ticked off by it because the writing is on the wall for that conference. Um where it's not going to be as good. I, I don't think it drops down to like whatever AAC level. I mean, it's still a strong conference um, compared to the group of five, but it is in kind of a weird middle ground now um, losing the two premier programs in that conference. So I think them still being ticked off makes sense. Um, I still think that conference is uh, poised to be poached in some way. Um, but no, I don't, I, 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 I don't think it has a meaningful impact until Oklahoma and Texas actually leave. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where um, once that happens, okay, you got Cincinnati, you got you know, you have you've added some teams, but without those blue bloods, without the you know, even when Texas isn't good, it's kind of a big deal. You beat Texas or you beat Oklahoma, uh, it's not going to be as big of a deal if you beat a Cincinnati team that's not you know undefeated for for whatever reason. So. Yeah, I think it's going to be, and and I think this is all going to change anyway. But um, this is, I, I still think there's going to be a big problem for the Big Twelve. They just you don't have those marquee teams, and like Iowa State, you know, being in the top ten for a little while doesn't replace Oklahoma or uh, or Texas, and you know, Cincinnati going to the playoff once is not replacing those teams. It's just, um, and I think time is not going to be on your side because. Time's on your side when you just have history and even, you know, people still look at Texas differently because of the history and there's even that great history, but you just look at Texas differently. Um, you know, if you have a couple down years, it's still Texas. Like if Iowa State has a couple down years, they're not even thought of anymore. And so I think that's the kind of problem you're going to be running into in the big 12. Right. Um, let's see. I think we have, holy cow. So our last, um, it looks like we've had a bunch of emails because we March 3rd was our last episode. So it looks like 
we're like we got a we got a bunch. I All think. right, so we've got a we've got a bunch of trolling ones from um uh, about basketball. So I'm going to read those pretty okay. quickly. Okay. <clears throat> this is from Drew, uh, Dave, and Ryan. Great podcast. Just one quick question for you: Should Terrell Brown Jr. be considered the Pac-12 Player of the Year? UW stinks, but you could make an argument they would be worse than than even Oregon State with him on the court. It's a bummer we might not see him in March Madness. Go dogs! Uh, thank you, Drew, for the question. Uh, no, he shouldn't be considered for the Pac-12 Player of the Year. It's like, um, uh, should the NBA MVP come from like the worst team in the NBA? Common argument. Uh, scoring points on a bad team does not make you good. It just makes you the best of a bad team. Um, Terrell Brown Jr., I think, showed in the Pac-12 tournament, he is more than capable of shooting the team out of a win than he is, uh, as much as he is uh, shooting them into one. So, no, uh, definitely not. Yeah, that USC game, he had 21 points, I think, in the first half, and then, like, just two in the second. Um, they changed the defense up a little bit, and then he, he struggled, but... Uh, he looked awesome in the first half. He truly did. Uh, then he has another one. Uh, thoughts on Equity Bruin uh, getting a fucking job and deleting his account? I'm not sure why. What issue he had with something Equity Bruin said? I mean, I, I would, I would definitely like him to uh, get a fucking job and delete his account. Really? I mean, I love the guy, but come on, man. What, what, what is he? So for us, not super familiar with the. Exploits of yeah, equity he's, no, he's he's a lovely little troll. He's great. Oh, so he trolls on there. Yeah, no, uh, he's, he's, on the Twitter. He's, he's one of the list, He's one of the 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 hosts of the No Truck Stops. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, look, Ryan, you just don't get things. All right, this is another pod, uh, another basketball one. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Podcast question, dear Ryan and Dave, love the podcast. This is from Guac. I listen every week. I have a question for you. What are your thoughts on how ASU's season unfolded? They started with lots of promise. Marcus Bagley, Kamani Lawrence, and Jalen Graham were all slated to be difference makers, but even though the defense has improved, Bobby Hurley's offensive system seems to be stuck in neutral yet again. What are your thoughts, and should Bobby Hurley be fired? Thanks, Guac. I don't know, Ryan. What are your thoughts on ASU basketball? Uh, they got better, right? Like they. That's true. Look, that's analysis out there for you, the people. From Ryan Abraham right there. They they pretty much blew, and then yep. they got better. They were a hot team. They were up 14 or something, 17 points, again. <laughs> and then and then they weren't. And uh, it was it was a 16-1 run or something to end the game. Like not just in the not middle, just a like run, but a truly demoralizing one. And it's not if you make a run where it's like in the middle of the second half. And then it's like, well, then you score a few buckets and bounce back and it goes back and forth. You still have like, this was to end the game. Like you just never got it going. It just, that was, um, yeah, that when it, the whole game ends that way, you score one point and the other team scored 16 or whatever. That's rough. Cause I, yeah. I, I think everyone on that team felt like, okay, we have this one and obviously they didn't. So, I don't know. Maybe all that you, you get like people excited that they were playing well towards the end. And then all that gets wiped away by blowing that lead. Yeah. I mean, in my it, opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. And reflecting on the season for uh, ASU, I think um, one thing I would take from it is that they did play what turned out to be, I think, a pretty difficult schedule. Um, if you go back and look at their non-conference um they they really played like three total patsies. The rest of it was like real opponents. Um, I mean, how, how many tournament teams? So the five straight games they lost, um, aside from Washington State, which was you know brutal. Don't don't score twenty nine points against Washington State. But they lost to uh, San Diego State, Baylor, Syracuse, Loyola Chicago. Um, so four top seventy six Ken Palm teams, um, either on a neutral or an away court. I mean, there's a reason at the end of a 14 and 17 season that Arizona State still finished in the Ken Palm top 100. Um, they played a pretty tough schedule and, you know, all things considered, they weren't horrible. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a disappointing year. Um, I don't think Bobby Hurley's very good, um, but he taught him to play defense. I and mean, this is a really good defensive team by the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, Avery. Uh, first time listener, longtime caller. Hello, Coyutes. I'll get right to it. Craig Smith has had a disappointing year in Salt Lake City overall, but it seems 
Like the running Utes are starting to put some stuff together defensively and look more competitive as of late. However, Utah's recruiting class looks barren for 2023. How would you evaluate Craig's first season? And who do you think Utah needs to prioritize uh, keeping into next season? Wow. Um, Utah wasn't good. Um, they lost a lot of games. Uh, they finished uh, four and 16 in the Pac 12. Um, Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. So I was a big. Uh, but they went to the Rose Bowl. I th- yeah. I, I thought Greg Smith was a good hire. I was expecting more uh, this season. Um, I was expecting him to uh, put kind of a defensive stamp on the program. Didn't really happen. I mean, if you look at what he did at Utah State, that was a top ten uh, Ken Palm defense by his final year there uh, last season, and. To take what Kraskoviak had at Utah um, and make it, like, not just worse, but much, much worse, uh, and I'm speaking defensively, uh, that's not great. Um, And, yeah, it can take a while for buy-in and all that kind of stuff, but um, I don't know. Uh, Nothing I saw this year made me, like, completely sold on Craig Smith as a coach, um, which is unfortunate because I was pretty sold on him heading into this year. Okay. Uh, makes sense. But the Rose Bowl, man, don't forget that. Can't forget about the Rose Bowl. Yeah. This is from Vera. Brian, Dave, big Boise State fan here, but I follow the Pac-12 closely. I'm curious if you think the Broncos would have done as well in the Pac-12 this year, given how the season turned out. Yes, UCLA and Arizona and USC are all pretty good teams, but surely Boise State could have had its way with the rest of the league and even surprised the top teams. What do you think? Also, can you talk about the uh, Mountain West getting more teams in the dance than the Pac-12? Thanks. Let the league office know they can leave a message with the invite. Okay, so uh, hold on. So Vera this is, is talking about Boise State basketball. I was going to say, like, oh, Boise State. Yeah, how like BYU went 5-0 and in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. How would have Boise State done? This is about basketball? Yep. So it's not even Pac-12 basketball. This is Mountain West basketball. Correct. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to skip this one. You, you, yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, Boise State. The only thing I know about them is that they're coached by Leon Rice, who comes from the same Gonzaga tree. Um, and so them being dominant in their league makes sense. Uh, yeah, but definitely not the podcast you want to send that to. Uh, another Pac-12 basketball question. Uh, Andrew, gentlemen, huge fan of your podcast. I want to talk about Oregon State. Their season has been an abject disaster and maybe one of the worst drop-offs in Pac-12 basketball history going from the eighth trip uh, to the Elite Eight, uh, one more than the Oregon Ducks. Okay, so their overall eighth trip to the Elite Eight, one more than the Ducks, and almost reaching their third Final Four to a three-win season. Uh, Is the future bleak for Wayne Tickle, or do you think he can turn this around again, chop them, and uh, Andrew, real quick, I mean, I, I think the one, the craziest stat you hear is that last season, Oregon State won three games in the NCAA tournament. This season, Oregon State won three games. Like, yeah, that's insane. So uh, this one's actually pretty funny. So just to give you some scope about how bad Oregon State season was, they lost 18 straight games to end the season. That's, a, that's quite a bit. 18 straight. Um, so here's the funny thing about Wayne Tinkle at Oregon State. They went to the Elite Eight last year. Um, and this year they were 3-28. and 28. Do you know, per Ken Palm, this isn't even the worst season that Wayne Tinkle has had at Oregon State? What? Yeah. In 2017, they went 5-27. and 27. They went 5-27 and 27 and 1-17 and in conference. And they were actually lower rated in Ken Palm. Um, they're... They were horrible that year, and then within eh, five seasons of that, they were in the Elite Eight. So can Wayne Tinkle turn it around? Of course he can. He already did it once. He had a horrible year in 2017 after their last NCAA tournament appearance, and then uh, turned it around again four years later, Elite Eight. So, yeah, it can happen. Um, I think looking at what they did after that 2017 season, um, they rebounded to like a, you know, middling uh Pac-12 team. They were 16 and 16 the following year. Um, so, yeah, 
but that was also the year they got Ethan Thompson. Um, so we will see uh, what ends up coming in, uh, transfer portal or otherwise. Uh, they need to change up that roster drastically. Uh, but I liked the way Deshaun Davis looked towards the end of the year. Maybe, you know, he comes back. Maybe they got something there. But um, really disappointing, the uh, drop-off in Warith Alatiche. I thought he was uh, – he looked like a potential pro last year in the uh, run-up to the NCAA tournament. And he really, really dropped off this year. So uh, they've got some things to figure out roster-wise. All right. Uh, I think you're next. I can do Probably. it. All right. Yeah. Uh, this is from Drew. It just says, Greg. Uh, this is from uh, A. What is up with that, by the way? What is... The Greg thing? I think it's just a, it's an inside joke among this uh, group of no truck stops people. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Definitely a football question. Given that Stanford already is okay with having war criminals on their faculty and in the stands at its home games, shouldn't they be more than happy to hire Rick Pitino to replace Jared Haas? Yes. They should hire Rick Pitino. Though actually, if Ben Howland is getting fired at Mississippi State, he would be like the fit of all fits at Stanford. Ah, okay. Nice. Oh, here's our buddy Equity Brewing. There we go. Uh, UCLA question. I think I'm... Did I DM with him? I think, uh, yeah, some pronunciation thing. I was DMing with him before. Uh, this is Carlos. Hey, Ryan. Hello, Dave. Question for Ryan. Good morning to you. I'm a big UCLA fan. I've been following the team all season. What are your thoughts on Peyton Watson this year? He looks like an athletic freak show as a top defender, but has so many brain farts on offense. How's he performed relative to your expectations? And do you think it's beneficial for him to stay a second year in Westwood? Thanks, and fours up, Carlos. It's a great question, Carlos. I've been uh, researching this. Wasn't able to find who Peyton Watson is, but I'm <laughs> sure, you know, I'm sure he's good. Uh, <laughs> 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 I did put an Instagram, um, Hami Hakez, uh, so smooth out there. I liked it. I put a little, like, like he was warming up. I put an Instagram, like, uh, boomerang of him in the champ warming up for the championship game. I was like, oh, he, look, he looked pretty good out there. Wow, wow, what analysis! Yeah, is that good? That was great. My thoughts. Uh, they on actually Watson. tweeted at us too. Like I tweeted out the only thing I tweeted, I think for the Pac-12 podcast uh, Twitter account was a picture of Jed Fish. You know, <laughs> and they're like, they they tweeted me something like the the no truck stops people tweeted me something about you know basketball or something i was like what i don't know what you're talking about yeah so i'm gonna take everyone behind the curtain a little bit i am a big basketball guy um but the reality is so i i realized this during uh the steve alford era when i would tweet about football a lot of engagement people loving it people yeah woohoo. when i would tweet like just like kind of not like I've I've learned how to do it now where it's just like pure, just like vitriol and snark. And that's the only way to get people to engage with college basketball tweets. But if you're just tweeting like college basketball analysis, here's what would happen. I would lose followers. You just lose followers because nobody gives a shit. Like especially regular season college basketball. Nobody cares. Uh, but anyway. Uh, that's Peyton UCLA. Watson. Like, yeah, that's that's UCLA. Well, we see the UCLA. same thing that's, for USC, yeah. but probably worse. That's also UCLA during the Steve Alford era. Um Peyton Watson, uh, I think if he had come in with absolutely no expectations and nobody thought of him as like a top 10 player or whatever the hell, uh, people would be like, wow, this guy's exciting. He comes in and does some, like some nice things. Yeah, he's got a lot to learn, the whole thing. But like, wow, you would think about him the way you thought about Jalen Clark last year. The problem is he's got five stars, not four. And he's a top 10 player, you know, talked about as a lottery pick, the whole thing. And so there's this unfair expectation um, for him. I mean, obviously, it's not unfair. I mean, people rate people all the time but um he's not that player uh he is the high promise um high ceiling very low floor um you never know what you're going to get in a single night uh kind of player he's the kind of guy who if he came back for a second year he would suddenly see second year jalen clark where it's like wow he's doing nothing negative basically and a lot of positive and he should be playing a lot more minutes um but whether we're going to see that is largely dependent on the expectations that came in with him. Um, but no, I mean, if you're just judging him based off what you're seeing, he should absolutely come back a year um, because he has the potential. I mean, 
yeah, there's like money considerations and the whole deal. Uh, he has the potential to be a top five pick because he's got, I mean, he's got a body that Jalen Clark doesn't have. I mean, he's six, eight long as hell. Um, you know, and Jalen Clark's six, five, but, um, I, the thing is he probably still has the potential to be drafted towards the end of the first round. And with that, you're going to get, you know, guaranteed money. You're going to get, you know, actual investment from the team and your development. So, you know, it's, it's a tough arg. Um, but I think he could also drop into the second round. Like there's that potential and then you're not, nothing's guaranteed to you. So there's security in coming back for another year, because I think if you've watched, you know, Jalen Clark's development arc, you've watched the development arc of a lot of guys on the team. Watson is going to be a lot better next year. Um, and a lot better Watson say he plays 20 minutes a game next year and is doing nothing but positive stuff. Say he's doing exactly what Jalen Clark is doing this year, but he's doing it in that body. He's going to be a top 10 pick. So I, I think it makes sense for him to come back, but um, I, I don't know that it makes sense for, um, you know, the, the people who have invested a lot in him and, and uh, maybe his own dreams and everything. So we'll see. That's what I was thinking, too. Same. Yeah. 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 Uh, makes, makes a lot of sense. Thanks, <laughs> uh, Equity Bruin. This is a POC reality movie from Mike in Oakland. Hello, gents. Since we are deep in the offseason and there are so many reality-based movies coming out, The Dropout, Super Pumped, and Joe vs. Carol, I have not heard of any of those. Uh, I don't know why this popped into my head, but I started thinking about the concept of a movie based on your podcast. Since I've never seen a picture of you two, nor will I be at your POC soiree in Vegas, I will have to use my imagination for casting. For Ryan, I'm thinking John Favreau around the time Chef was made. For David, I think a cross between Steve Buscemi and Rowan Atkinson. Buscemi, right? Yeah, Buscemi, whatever. Um, is it? Yeah, I guess so. I think it uh, is. The guy with the night- weird teeth, right? He's yeah, got yeah. like, yeah. If He's this got night- better teeth. If this nightmare were to become a reality, which actors, in your opinion, would be the best match for you? I think we should take the big stars off the table. Brad Pitt, Will Smith, DiCaprio, and Anthony Hopkins. What say you? Go Cougs. Well, for Ryan, it's Jerry Seinfeld. Okay. Right? Uh, I get that a lot. Or I got, I've got, I used, I've got that before. Even like Adam Sandler, I've got uh, more comedians for some reason. Yeah, I get like a lot of, uh, when my beard is long, like a lot of Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the one that would pop into my head. Yeah, so we'll go with that. Yeah, I think I think you would be, yeah, Zach would be good. Yeah. Uh, what's Chef? I don't remember like, I know John. I don't know, I, I, I literally didn't know a single movie that he mentioned. The Dropout, Super Pumped, Joe versus Carol, or Chef. Don't know any of them. Uh, Joe vs. Carol, I don't, I haven't heard of it, but I assume that's the, the tiger one, right? The tiger King. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Do you remember it? Uh, I didn't watch it. We talked about this on the goddamn show. I've never watched that shit. How would I remember it? That was two years ago, by the way. Well, whatever. I remember we talked about it and I don't remember anything. All right. You never watched the, uh, the, that that was like the big Netflix thing. Like when the pandemic started, like don't go outside. You got to watch What's the, you know, crazy people, no. which was pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Didn't I assume it. it was that. Uh, I don't know about the dropout or super pumped either and don't know chef, but. Yep. Okay. Uh, oh, somebody pasted a bunch of code into this one. Cool. Okay. So I'll start. Um, IMG SRC equals data. <laughs> dot, like, holy crap, dude. Like this is a. Someone hey, tried to. Hey, yeah. uh, Pongo Mom, your uh, I think it's your signature in your email is broken. Yeah, there. I mean, I I don't know if I've ever seen. I was a former engineer. This is like the Matrix, basically. Like I <laughs> I don't know what. If we made it green, it would be the Matrix. Um, missing podcast. Hey Ryan, Noah and Dave cannot be bothered with the mundane work. Tried to find the podcast of the off-season reports for the California schools on the POC website. This description is there, but the audio is about Pac-12 rankings. Maybe the following week's podcast, after, after years of my listening, husband is finally a little bit interested and thought he would enjoy this one. Sorry, don't want to get involved with Apple or Spotify, so listen via the website. Here's a virtual uh, something, by the way. Pog. So, Pogo Mom. Pongo, Pongo mom. mom. Pongo mom. Oh, I don't know what there's like stars. There's some asterisks and then the whole thingy here. I'm not sure what that's referring to. Oh, virtual five stars. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I thought it was like a swear word or something. Okay. My bad. 
you know, because there was all the code below. I'm like, is there more of this? Like, what's going on? All right, so fix the website, Ryan. Come on. Uh, I will look at the website and see what's what's up with that. So that would be okay. All I'll, right. I'll do that. Here comes Thomas. Okay. The Gordian Knot. Dear Ryan and Dave, it is with my deepest regret that I won't be able to join you this week at the Podcast of Champions meetup at the Arias Presidential Suite in Las Vegas. Try though I might, it was not possible for me to find an effective enough strategy to fake my own death, hop on a Greyhound to Sin City, only to bask in the glow of the POC meetup, and oh yeah, watch some Pac-12 basketball too. So as you all, as you can well imagine, I couldn't help myself and decided to make a cameo appearance on this episode with a listener email. Last week, I started to smell that off-season napalm in the morning after hearing Sean from Ohio ask you both the conference's $64 billion question. Who would make the best media partner in the next TV deal? Much as I enjoyed Dave's kowtow to Amazon's reign of darkness, it's important to remember that one cannot discuss Pac-12 media rights without addressing its silent partner. Yes, that's right, Alibaba. For as much ink has been spilled in the U.S. over the inability of the Pac-12 to get onto DirecTV, little or no attention is paid to the fact that unlike the other power, I mean, uh, Autonomy 5 conferences, the Pac-12 has had an, inter- an international distribution deal through a streaming company for over a decade already. What's truly remarkable about the agreement isn't that Larry Scott apparently showed some degree of business acumen in crafting it, uh, crafting it though, it's, I don't know. But that it means the Pac-12 now has its hand tied behind its back when negotiating with most domestic media companies. Alibaba, Alibaba is often compared to mainland China's version of Amazon, but it's closer in practice to a company like Yahoo. Well, if Yahoo owned YouTube, that is. Either way, the fact that Alibaba's business model competes with both Amazon and YouTube makes it hard to see how the Pac-12 could partner with either of those American companies and not have the conference be forced to either back out of the Alibaba deal or pare the value of it down. The answer to Sean's question, I think, though, is clear. Rather than try to find the best suitor for an arranged marriage with Alibaba, the conference should just give the Chinese tech company control over the Pac-12 network itself. After all, Bill Walton speaks Mandarin, right? Or at least that's what it sounds like if I turn the volume too low on the TV at times. Nevertheless, I know uh, that this sort of visionary thinking, the likes of which only luminaries like Noah Cross and Michael Quero can truly understand, will be lost on the unwashed masses of college football fans. But again, I ask, why be like Rick Neuheisel and bring gloves to the players when you can bring the players to the gloves? Anyone can visit Alibaba's entertainment uh, platform, Yokuo, through their internet browser, but only a few, select few can subscribe to the cable TV tier that has the Pac-12 network currently. So roll your eyes, guys, and now I'm only half kidding. I mean, maybe putting the fate of the Pac-12 at the mercy of foreign consumers isn't the smartest idea. As far as alternatives go, what about the conference partnering with MGM to have Pac-12 games act as content that helps attract middle-aged white guys to feast on bland chicken wings and Hefeweizen in sportsbooks where the air conditioning is blasting? The problem with the Pac-12, you see, is that everyone is so busy trying to think outside the box, they forget the lessons of Alexander the Great. If you want to rule the world, don't waste your energy trying to untie the Gordian knot, slash it in two. Keep the rum and coke flowing. Thomas. Thanks, Thomas. Um... I, I mean, I have no idea what the Pac-12 does with Alibaba. Like, I have no clue. I have no idea. Uh, I have no idea how much money it is. I have no idea if it's actually a significant thing. I have no idea if anybody watches anything on Alibaba that is the Pac-12. I think they should go with Amazon. Yeah, uh, I agree. And, you know, I think you'd trust a guy like George Klyovkov to understand what those relationships are like. And if it makes if you can't partner with Amazon, but it makes the most sense that you can't have an Alibaba deal. I, I mean, I don't know, like with, is the Pac-12 rolling in money because of some Alibaba deal? I don't think it, I don't think it is. So it can't be that good because the Pac-12 is struggling. So if it was awesome, if it was just amazeballs and you're like, somehow they're getting all this money from overseas and competing with the SEC and the big 10, even though no one's watching the ad network, like, but they got a lot of money because of this, like, okay, but they don't seem to have a lot of money and you're not getting anyone that cares about college football to watch it. So yeah, I think that's a deal you could cut because it doesn't seem to be doing all that much. Whatever it is, I don't understand the deal. So, Right, great. Uh, this is from Frankie and Sacramento. Riley or Cristobal? Who do you think will do better over the next few years at their new location? Lincoln Riley or Mario Cristobal? Both are top recruiters and proven winners. They're both moving from small towns to strong football programs to big-time beach cities with a lot to offer five-star kids. In addition to football, both enter weak conferences, joining historically great football brands and falling recently on hard times. Frank and Sacramento. Which one of these guys has been to a college football playoff? Uh, that would be Lincoln Riley. 
which one of these guys has um, gotten a lot of pub for his actual like play on the field scheme and stuff? I think that'd probably be Lincoln Riley. Okay. Yeah, I don't think there's a question. No, it's not a question. Uh, yeah. So, uh, was was Mario Cristobal a problem? The fact that he couldn't get players at Oregon. No, 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 that wasn't the problem. Right. What was the problem? Coaching him up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Is it, has he changed? Is he a different person now? Were they, did he have any Heisman's up there or anything or no? No. Okay. So yeah, no, I don't. I don't think this is a question. I I think he can do well at at Miami. Yeah, yeah he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He's just not Lincoln Riley. Yeah, I would go there. All right, this is from Crispy Bruin, uh, homophone. Dear Ryan, Jesus Christ, I'm sorry you couldn't understand Boston teachers enough to learn what a homophone is. The only greater indictment of Trojan incompetence is the Iliad. Billy Madison wouldn't be intellectually distressed enough to identify farther and father as synonyms. I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. Dave, you're fine. Fuck SC. Crispy bro. Nice, Crispy. That was that was that was a kind email. Sure. I don't think he understands, but that's good. Crispy. That was great. Go back to school, Crispy. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna make him mad. <laughs> also, why is it why is it crispy with the CH? I don't know. He, that's more like crispy. Yeah, he's, he's he's I don't know. Glasshouse throwing stones there. I'm not sure what he's doing. Uh this is the last one. Well, we also have a voicemail. Uh Emesto and Temecula. Uh, this is a guest suggestion. It's not Emesto. That's Ernesto. Oh, I'm like, okay. It looks like an M. I know an R and an N together sometimes gives you an M feel, but that's that's an R and an N together. It's a, I have it a wide screen. It's way over on the other side. And it looks like, yeah. Hey, Ernesto. Uh, hey, guys. It would be pretty awesome if you invited Dan from the Solid Verbal to come on an episode with you guys. I know I'd really enjoy it, and I'm pretty sure the other 19 listeners would, too. Keep up the fantastic podcast. Fight on. Ernesto from Temecula. Um, we've had Dan on. We have. Uh, I like Dan. Many moons ago. It's been when, a while, probably. When Chip yeah. Kelly was recently hired at UCLA. Uh, what, is that when we had him? Mm-hmm. Look at you remembering stuff. Uh, yeah, Dan's great. So he started, him and uh, Ty started the Solid Verbal in 20, 2008. And that's when I started the podcast of champions. So I've been in contact with them, uh, back and forth over the years, sort of like, especially early on trying to get, you know, podcast ideas. And, uh, you know, Ty always had like a regular job. Dan worked in sports. Now they're both doing it uh, full time. So, uh, it's pretty cool that they're able to do that. And, uh, the show has grown. So I'm, you know, we're all happy for them, but, uh, Dan's big, Pac-12 guy, you know, grew up in Southern California, went to Oregon. Um, he's got a new podcast, I think, with Adam Amin, like from ESPN. So, yeah, that would be great to have him on, uh, talk about stuff. I think he does a good job of having, you know, enough knowledge about most teams, you know, high-ranked teams, but also keeps uh, close tabs on the Pac-12. So, good idea, Ernesto. Absolutely. Anything to add that? All right. We got our, our buddy, uh, Evan. For a last voicemail, here you go. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Evan from Tempe. Uh, I had a question for David. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I called about uh, you guys saying that uh, DTR is arguably better than Caleb Williams. Um, you said he was arguably the best quarterback in the Pac-12. And uh, Ryan answered it, but David wasn't on that day. You know, Ryan said that, yeah, that, that wasn't true. Uh, but I wanted to just get an answer from uh, David as well, just kind of see your perspective, because, you know, I was pretty surprised when I heard that, you know. Uh, you know, DTR has had some serious action issues in his career, you know. His overall completion percentage is 60.7%. That's already almost 4% lower than Caleb Williams. You know, Caleb Williams is a Heisman favorite, was the Heisman favorite at one point last year, despite not even starting, you know, until the second half of the year. You know, DTR has never even been close to being any sort of Heisman favorite. You know, DTR is ranked 90th his first year in accuracy and completion percentage 74th the next year, 22nd in 2020. But then once we got back to real football, not pandemic football, he was back to 63rd. So, you know, I just don't really understand that the DTR is, is uh, arguably better than Caleb Williams' take, but, uh, you know, I'd love to hear your perspective on it. Uh, you know, so just let me know. Uh, peace out, guys. Thanks, Evan. Um, I can't remember saying that. Maybe I did. But um, Caleb Williams, um, he was playing for Oklahoma 
which is a good program with, um, you know, a lot of continuity year to year, um, where they have literally plugged in whoever the fuck at quarterback for like seven straight years. And each one wins the goddamn Heisman. Um, if you think that is the player and not the system and continuity, well, that's interesting. It's an interesting theory. Um, I think if you plug Dorian Thompson Robinson into Oklahoma system, the last like three years, he would have stacked three Heismans. Uh, it's, it's, it's a system thing. Lincoln Riley's really good. I think Caleb Williams is going to have a great year. I think he's going to be like, uh, whatever, Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year. Um, but Dorian Thompson-Robinson, so first, completion percentage is um, a stupid stat. Dumb. Not good. Uh, Jaden Daniels' completion percentage was five percentage points higher this year than it had ever been in his career. He had by far his worst year as a player. Uh, it's just, it, oftentimes it's a measure of your inability and lack of desire to take shots, to make difficult throws, um, to throw downfield, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, Thompson Robinson was really good this year. Um, he's going to be in his fifth year. He's kind of made a jump every single year. So I don't know. I think it's going to be a conversation. I think with what, uh, USC has, put together recruiting wise um, with Caleb Williams, but also the other transfers they're getting in. I mean, I think the reality is he's going to have a better year uh, Williams. So it's pretty much a, a, it's, it gets into a really esoteric and academic point to say, which one is technically better uh, because you're oftentimes judging the surrounding cast, you know, the supporting cast around the guy. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't remember you saying that either. I may have, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but, uh, Evans, you know, he's persistent. He wanted to make sure that, that, that you got the answer. So. I love it. I love it. I love it. He's always coming with the deep questions. Uh, all right. like, remember you said that like a few years, like, and, and, and Evan, I'm not judging you for, uh, citing completions perc- uh, percentage. A lot of people do it. I'm just saying it's, it's the stat itself is kind of dumb uh, as like, uh, because a lot of people do it as like they're citation of everything but the stat itself doesn't really tell you a lot it's not a meaningful stat i'm not calling you dumb i'm saying that stat is dumb um, uh the the stats you want to look at like generally speaking when you're judging a quarterback i find um adjusted yards per attempt or yards per attempt if you want to just go very basic that tells you a little bit more about what they're actually doing with the ball when they throw it um and you'll see caleb williams is better than dorian thompson robinson there as well but I think that's heavily related to the system. The uh, I remember like when uh, Tim Tebow was coming out and they were like, he's got this like huge percentage and stuff or whatever, like he's super efficient passer. And it was like, I think it's a, it's a different thing too. When, when everyone's just worried about him running and he can like basically, you know, throw a ball over his head, like a bouquet at a wedding, <laughs> like just tossing back and someone catches it. Um, yeah, your, your percentage is going to be pretty high because uh, they were just worried about him running all the time. I think that happens sometimes, too, where if everyone's just geared up to stop the run, they can dump off little passes and stuff over defender's head and, and you know, you get a high percentage. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're back there finding windows and putting balls in, you know, you're, it doesn't mean that you're super accurate just because you have a higher percentage, I guess you could say. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's going to wrap things up. Um yeah, I guess uh, by next week we'll know first couple rounds of the the NCAA tournament. Are we going to even talk about it, or what are we going to talk about? I guess we could talk about it. A little I guess bit. we'll have to. Yeah, uh, unless there's some good football stuff out there, so send us your football stuff. Um, you know, and we'll see. Maybe the Pac-12 will be out of it by next year. Like that would that would be bad, but I mean by next week, uh, that would be bad, but hopefully not. Um, all right, well that'll wrap it up. That is David Woods. I am Ryan Abraham. We are recovering from our Las Vegas trip. Hope you guys enjoyed the Pac-12 basketball tournament. Hope you and guys guys enjoyed the show. And we will talk to you next time. Bye.